welcome to Generation Fangirl. I was born in the 80s. And I was born in the 90s. And together we talk about warrior alien princesses and Ryan Reynolds as your favorite childhood mascot and everything in between. I, whoa, I didn't know those were things. You didn't know this was a thing? Wait, have you seen the new trailer? Oh yes, I have. We're about to talk about it. How do you feel about Detective Pikachu? I think it's all your thoughts. and I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm glad we're kind of on the same page here. Because I, 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 thought, I thought it was going to be that sort of cartoony 3D. Mm-hmm. Like the video game. Like the 3D. Like Pikachu, I've accepted. And I'm like, okay, he's fine. Jigglypuff? What the fuck? Jigglypuff looks like a horrific, just monster from my nightmares um if this is like a murder mystery (laughs) yeah i i can see it jigglypuff is definitely uh rendered with murder in its eyes but it's it's so bizarre i can't not watch it and i'm gonna go to the draft house and i'm going to get drunk and watch that and i'm very excited let me timestamp this episode real quick it's november 18 the detective figure 2 trailer just dropped this past week Mm-hmm. It's been chaos ever since. Um, <laughs> it has. The first time I started watching it, so I, I like the the kid who's in it. He was in um, Jurassic World, the the newest one, and mm-hmm. he was pretty funny. So I'm interested to see this, and it's based on the video game, which I haven't played, but I know like the story of because he's still searching for his dad. But uh, in the first scene, when he finds Pikachu in his apartment, and he comes at him holding something, and he's like, "Don't move, whoever you are!" And then Pikachu comes out of the thing. I thought he was holding a gun, and I was like, "Holy shit, he's gonna shoot Pikachu!" But it's actually a stapler, so there's he's that. He's holding it like a gun. But honestly, if I heard Ryan Reynolds' voice coming out of a very fuzzy, overly textured mouse creature i would probably shoot it's just a lot it's a lot to take in it is a lot it's all i all i hear is deadpool i'm here for it but i'm definitely gonna see it deadpool would have his entire team of pokemon would be all the cute ones it'd be like pikachu and bullpix and like you know what you're totally right especially or either that or it would be six jigglypuffs that look exactly like the jigglypuff in the movie yes with murder in its eyes and, it. and when it when it uncaps its microphone, it's actually just a knife. <laughs> so are we gonna have a Pokemon episode or not? Oh hell yeah, maybe multiple. Because God, that's a topic to to tackle, right? I know. Speaking of topics to tackle, <laughs> I want to get into this, but first I want to finish on trailer stuff. Uh, Battle Angel Lilita trailer came out a couple weeks ago. I don't know. I've seen it a couple times now, and it looks interesting. I'm I'm interested for it. I want to rewatch the anime though, because I've only seen a couple episodes before it comes out. Um, But then, hey, I saw the Dark Phoenix trailer in theaters today. Uh, It shows before the Overlord movie. And I was literally like walking down the hallway at my job. And as the door was closing behind me, I hear the, you're not broken, Gene, of Charles Xavier. And I like immediately turned about face and ran back into the theater so I could watch that trailer. I, I was just like, oh, I'm so predictable. And no one was around, no one knew. Now everyone knows. But it was very nice to see on the big screen with, like, her Phoenix Force eyes and the cracks in her skin, like, glowing orange. Very cool. That's my little geek out moment. So I'm done with I'm done with X-Men for now. For now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, she Ra's out. That's yeah. also new news. Yes, which mm-hmm. is relevant to this episode. Because yeah. last episode, we talked about Magical Girls. 
And this episode, we're talking about Western Magical Girls. I want to differentiate it in this episode. Um, I guess we'll call Western Magical Girls, Magical Girls, and then Japanese Magical Girls, Maho Shoujo, just mm-hmm. to cover our bases there. But yeah, I watched the first episode of Shira, and I really enjoyed it. I haven't watched the rest of it yet, but I'm really excited to. I watched all of it. I liked it. Did you binge it? Did you watch it all in one go? Uh, I watched it over the course of like three days. Okay. Like I watched it like I could have watched it all in one day, but I needed to sleep and do other yep. stuff. I, I could I didn't have time for it, but I was so tempted to just click through. But I'm excited to watch the rest of it this week. It's very good. It's cute and colorful and haters can hate. I don't know. And it even has our magical girl transformation sequence. Which it's I think fun. is is gonna kind of be the staple defining point um, for all these all these pieces because there are a lot of different series and different like comics and things that I think could sort of qualify as magical girl, um, including literal magical girls who are like witches and things. But what sets it apart as magical girls, I think, is like having the transformation of those callbacks to the Maho Shoujo. Well, it is very anime inspired the artwork, but yeah. I don't know. I like it. So in the last episode, and I only know this because I just re-listened to it, I was talking about how I was talking about how there's this critique on magical girl animes where they do this long transformation scene for like two or three minutes and you're just like, what are the enemies doing? They're just like watching. Why don't they just kill them right there or attack them? And I mentioned this interview that I saw, but it wasn't a creator or a director or anybody it's just this guy who he wrote a book on like the science of attack on titan and okay yeah so okay not where i expected that to go yeah so first off there is a show that is hosted by a japanese idol group which is like a girl band and and this episode they just happened to talk about like the science of sci-fi and so they had this guy on and they were talking about uh why aren't magical girls ever attacked during transforming and he had an answer he was talking about a particular series pretty cure which I've never seen, but it's a pretty popular series. And when they transform, it's like a beam of light. And then they start floating in the beam of light. And he was talking about how there's so much energy and heat and power in that beam of light to lift them up that there's, it's just an insane amount of energy. And he basically said that if a bad guy jumped into the transformation, he would evaporate. I love that. The quote that he said about it. Yeah, so the quote he said was, death awaits anyone who dares to disrupt a pretty cure transformation. And I was just like, okay. Holy shit, I love that. Yeah. I wish I wish I could, like, weaponize my femininity in that way. Just uh, straight up disintegrate people. Yeah, so he was basically <laughs> saying great. that they're the strongest when they transform and they're practically invincible. So it's like when you get the invincible star in Mario, like, <laughs> yes. you, they just die. So that's pretty much what his answer was. And so awesome. just wanted to clarify that because that was even better than whatever nonsense I said off the top of my head. Oh, you're good. And like uh, yeah. pr- uh, Pretty Cure, also known, known as Precure or Porikuya, is um, the Glitter Force anime, which is on Netflix. But oh, it okay. is only dubbed on Netflix. You can, oh, they, no. for some reason, they don't have the Japanese sub. And it's a... Uh, 
it's a trip. I, I, I definitely binge watched a handful of those episodes when I was uh, uh, crunching for San Japan a couple of years ago. Oh boy. But that's the one where they, they transform using uh, makeup and things. And it's very fairy tale based. All their villains are based on fairy tale antagonists and things like that. Yeah. So that's actually a good point uh, that you brought up while we were thinking about this. Because, so we wanted to split up the Magical Girl thing into two different episodes because there are non-anime Magical Girl stories and we wanted Mm -hmm. to mention them and talk about them. And obviously a lot of them are inspired by by animes and stuff, but then other ones are kind of their own thing. And you made a mention about how a lot of them are incorporated with fairy tales Mm -hmm. rather than kind of just like sci-fi and fantasy stuff that I see a lot in in Maho Shoujo. <laughs> yeah, I feel like in, in Maho Shoujo a lot more, they do a lot of past life kind of time travel type things, I guess. Whereas in the magical girl genre, they lean more towards legend, like uh, legends and prophecies, which I think probably connects more to, um, honestly, like Lord of the Rings type stuff, like yeah. that fantasy, like you are the chosen one who who needs to fight this big evil and this has been foretold on the walls of our culture and things like that. Whereas yeah, like uh, a, things like, like a normal girl that ends up finding like a magical item or something. Yeah. And that she is, she's destined for something. Whereas a Sailor Moon is kind of, uh, Sailor Moon and things like that and, and Tokyo Mew Mew are kind of past life situations where well, less less Tokyo Mew Mew because I'm mostly talking about Messiah. But Sailor Moon, she know she learns that like she's descendant from Queen Serena, or her life mirrors hers, and things like that. So it's kind of things that have already been established, and like the repercussions or like ripple effect of that, and learning like who she is through that, rather than oh, this has been foretold, and now I am unfurling like this big destiny in front of me. Yeah, because with Sailor Moon, there wasn't like a prophecy or anything. It's just that her and all the other Sailor Scouts, they all died. And so Mm -hmm. Queen Serenity had them be reborn Mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. future so that they had a second chance. And so it wasn't like, you know, oh, the, the, the gods have chosen you particular to save the whole world or there definitely is some of that in mm-hmm. Shira later. Yeah. That's kind I, of the genre. It's like, it's not really a spoiler. That's just kind of the sort of show it was going to be. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely, I think you hit on a good point about how a lot of Maho Shoujo is based on rebirth and that mm-hmm. kind of loop of characters being reborn so that they can continue to fight this evil or finally defeat it in some way. Whereas shows like, like I recently rewatched the first episode of Witch, which is amazing. It's a French American cartoon show from the early 2000s. And I don't even know like when I saw it. Like I distinctly remember watching it at my cousin's house once, like one episode, or maybe that was Winx. I may be confusing the two. Well, uh, with I when I watched them because they're them, oh and mm-hmm. I don't remember what channel they were on or what network but I remember that it was very oh 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 which which was with Jet Jetix do you remember Jetix yeah. yeah with the little like anime or it's not even it's like a little like x it's like a ball with like an x mark and he has one anime eye but just yeah. one on yeah. one side <laughs> That's Jetix, yeah. And then Winx was in like four kids or something like that. Okay, and I'm just gonna lay this out here. Which is better than Winx? Listen, Winx Club, like, we all think of it fondly, right? Like, I, I have fond memories of it, okay. But I think it's on Netflix because I rewatched the first episode and 
Oh boy, it is a trip. First of all, all their fashion choices. And like, listen, I get it. 2000s fashion, we could not escape it. But Winx is just like so quintessentially 2000s. The first episode was like very cringe humor. And it also kept like, her dad kept getting really bad jokes and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't care about you. Give me more of the girls, please. Like what? Meanwhile, Witch was very much, I said this before, but it's very much a, it kind of gives me an American Dragon Jake Long vibe where like a little bit of it is kind of cheesy, but watching it as an adult, I'm like, okay, I could, I could re-binge this. I think the, the nostalgia and like my love for it in the past holds up pretty well, but I have no idea when I actually watched these as a kid. Somehow they just like infiltrated my memory. Um, like little sleeper cells, uh, but which is very good. And okay, back to my point, leaning towards legends and prophecy and things, which is very heavily reliant on that. What's interesting about that series is that I'll explain this for you because you don't, you have not seen it, but it's the, they're the guardians of the galaxy. I mean, oh shit. I mean, they are though. Okay. They're the guardians and the, the galaxy used to be a kingdom and they have to guard the portals and stuff like that. And one of their grandmas used to be a guardian as well. So it's kind of a legacy that's been passed on, but there's like earth has one true ruler or something and they don't know who it is, but I'm pretty sure it's the main girl. I don't know. But the series starts off kind of introducing you to these girls and they all know each other already. So they're all kind of together and we don't have to go out searching for the missing members of the team, which I think is pretty unique to magical girl anime like with maho shoujo it's more of a collection of different girls as you try and get the team together before you can go on the real adventures but it i think that exactly in a lot of- like sailor moon though exactly oh, but in we like gotta a find lot of- the moon princess i wonder right? who it is i wonder who it is is it bunhead over here i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but in which they already know each other so and they they have to like they already have like magical elemental powers. So there's five of them. All their initials spell witch, which is just so. Oh, so, it all makes sense. You get it. It's it's like hang on. I'm gonna let me look them up real quick. Oh shit. Oh, I just I just looked up one of the characters and I'm just like I totally remember her. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they also had a, like a theme song that was like we are witch. So the main characters are Will, Irma, Terani. Cordelia and Haylin. So they spell out which These are and horrible they... names. No, shut no sh- you sh- you shut up. You shut your filthy mouth. They're wonderful. <laughs> They're my daughters and I love them. And then the I episode, hate them. <laughs> in the first episode, I hate one these of the names. characters is like, oh, I just found I just look what I just found out that our names all spell. And she like holds out her hand and it spells witch. And she's like, whoa, that's the name of the show. Um, but so you kind of think it's maybe the main character, but like maybe not. Anyway, but they all have elemental powers. So there's there's earth, wind, fire, and and water. And the fifth member, the main character, who's a redhead, because of course, and she's the new girl, because also, of course, her power is basically heart. Her power is that she can make everyone else transform, and then they all fight. So they all need her to like to to do something. I'm pretty sure her powers come back in later or something like that. Like a mess. <laughs> No, it's so good, and I can't wait to make you rewatch it. Um, I never watched it. <laughs> I stayed away from it. Okay, I can't wait to rewatch it and make you watch it because it's a uh, it's very good. But I said Winx was bad. Winx is bad. 
I Winx they have interesting looks like designs. Neil Pet fairies. Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> yes. I think literally you just cracked the code because that's that's it. Um, that's okay. what I always thought. Because like okay, when I was really little, like like elementary school, I mm-hmm. loved fairies. Like I was obsessed with them. So you would think like, oh man, do you like this cartoon about fairies? And I'm like, no, it looks stupid. <laughs> So this, <laughs> stay away from it. It's basically magical girl, or rather magical fairy boarding school. So one of them God. learns that one of them finds another character who is a fairy magical girl princess, not a princess, but some of them may be princesses. And then her parents let her go off to this boarding school that the fairy girl shows her. And the fairy girl's name is Stella and she has long blonde hair and her color is orange and she's very Sailor V. So the main character who is also a redhead, there's a theme here, like like candy apple red. Why is it always the redheads who are her the main characters? Her name is Bloom. But yes, and her name is Bloom, and they what? go to magical girl like fairy school in this on this alternate universe world. So this one is they do transform into their magical. Listen, one of the characters' names is Techna. Her name is Techna, and so her power is over is over like music and stuff. And all of their outfits look like the glittery like girl bands of the early 2000s and they do have magical transformation sequences but uh i don't they're at boarding school so they like are in an alternate universe they're not in earth all the time it's a lot it's just a lot do you remember do you remember that store limited to do you remember that oh yeah yeah it's like that if was that, my gym jam it's like if it's like if that made a television show about fairies okay see like everything you've described so far sounds like something that i would like hate watch Mm -hmm. like i would love to watch it and Mm -hmm. and i wouldn't enjoy it but it would be fun Mm -hmm. that made no sense except to me but never mind no no it's okay i i get it it's listen i sat through a whole episode it was for research but still I think that a lot of these, like, I want to call it, I want to kind of separate these Western magical girls into two categories. Early shows, circa early 2000s, 90s, whatever. And then more recent shows, because I think there is a big gap between it now with recent shows being made by people who grew up on it, kind of rather than people who are sort of pandering to it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And the themes are very different. Whereas with early shows. Early shows, and it wasn't just girl shows. It was also, it was all cartoons. Mm -hmm. It was... They were made to make toys. Like yes. that's how the nineties were. So that's why there wasn't like any real plot. It was oh, just kind of like I totally had silly. a Winx. Mm-hmm. I totally had Winx toys. Like I totally yeah. had Club Winx toys. See? Mm-hmm. These days mm-hmm. it's more like other merch. It's like people yeah. don't buy like really buy toys anymore. They buy like, you know, shirts or or enamel pins costumes or, or pins posters. or posters or they buy the art know, books and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think with with early shows, it was much more like centered around that, especially winks and, and things similar to that, which is, I think, a little different because they may have had dolls, but they were a book series first or at the same time. I, I remember seeing like paperback books um, of it at Barnes and Noble and stuff like that. So they had an ongoing books and comics kind of spinoffs of which it was very much a entry level into comics for like young girls which is pretty cool 
but a lot of these early shows had the kind of the every girl is the main character um like like she's she's not book smart and she like literally the winks episode opens up with the girl her mom wakes her up and she's like oh no i'm late for school and i was just like like projecting out of my body like my brain was just like i can't believe i'm watching this and then her mom ended up tricking her and she actually wasn't late for school it was a weekend her mom was just like trying to get out of bed i'm like god (laughs) she it was it was a lot and a lot of these main girls um and who are the focuses of the story are the crybabies or rather they're not as much crybabies as i think um sailor moon and like uh mu ichigo are they're more like clumsy and like a little bit lazy like they're not book smart they like are kind of like lazy normal girls they're not yeah, particularly they're good average. in school yeah they're not really popular always, they're not like the best athlete they just they kind of just exist yeah they exist and then their friends are the ones who are like super book smart or super popular and vapid or really sarcastic or like really nerdy or whatever um but they're the main characters are always kind of like the 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 normal average, which I think in recent shows, they have a tendency to kind of have more, not more dimensions to the characters necessarily. Like I don't want to put down the early shows, but they do take more efforts to qualify the characters in different ways instead of just like, this is the normal person and this is all the colorful characters around them. Uh And kind of like on the side of Magical Girls, I'm hesitant to like, I think they are, they do kind of qualify as Magical Girls, but they kind of lean more towards superhero stuff like Powerpuff Girls, which is an early show, but doesn't really have the discovering latent powers. Now we have to save the universe, but oh no, I'm late for school and stuff like that. Yeah, it definitely doesn't have a lot of the trademark plot elements, but I felt like because it's such a big show, it's not like a little obscure show. It was a big show that I wanted Mm -hmm. to mention it a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, they definitely are magical girls. They have powers. And the thing thing about Powerpuff Girls, and this is only with my personal experience, is that this was the first kind of quote unquote magical girl show that I knew a lot of guys loved, mm-hmm. and, which I, for some reason surprised me because mm-hmm. it's not really a girly show, but like I the think... three main characters are little kindergartner girls and yeah. they have like cute little girly things that happen and stuff. But like, it just was really surprising that like I've met a lot of guy friends who were like, oh, I love that show. I think Dexter's Laboratory especially is very similar to Powerpuff Girls in style of animation yeah. and things like that. And at least with Powerpuff Girls, the main characters are the girls, but we get a lot of male characters that are fun as well, like like mm-hmm. the villains, like Mojo Jojo and um, the gang Green Gang um, and like the Rowdy Rough Boys. Oh my gosh. So, who have like fun lines and even though they're villains they like still are recurring and it also has a little bit a little bit of that grotesque animation style which was very popular around that time I think like when the bad guys get beaten up or whatever so it kind of like makes more sense but you know what that's very cool that like it was a show that centered around these three girls but not necessarily like really girly things like they didn't have girly problems all the time but it's just that's who they were as characters and it's cool that that could be enjoyed by all different kinds of kids as well. Did you ever see the uh, remake? No. I watched a couple I episodes of it. it happening, but I just didn't. I just never watched it. I watched a few episodes of it and it's cute. It's just, it's very interesting to see because I remember when it came out, a lot of people of our generations were kind of upset about it a little bit or like 
it's so different, like it's bad now or whatever. But it's really just like if that show had been made in this era in, in different styles and like kind of with different humor. I think people are a lot like it's the same kind of response that people got with like Teen Titans Go, which I had a lot of problems with when it first came out. But I have grown to be mellow about it. And they're just different series. It doesn't mean your old series is gone. Like you can still enjoy it. It's fine. Also, the Teen Titans Go movie was very funny. So whatever. Yeah. And this is kind of not really related to the topic, but I just wanted to bring it up in case somebody is listening, I guess. But there's, okay, I know that there's a lot of reboots and a lot of sequels to things that don't need sequels. And it's really annoying. And I get that. (laughs) But like, if, if there's a reboot of something that you loved from your childhood and you don't like the style or you don't like the changes to the characters or something, that's fine. It doesn't mean that your old show no longer exists. Like, my favorite show in the entire world is Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, man. I don't know why they would ever remake it. Can like, you imagine? Can yeah, you imagine like, the, the upheaval? Oh my god! I hadn't even thought of this. For 10 of like 15 years they decided to reboot <gasps> it. For some <laughs> stupid reason i'm like stressed thinking about it thinking about all the fucking all the tweets if twitter even exists then like all the like uh, just oh my god (laughs) all the cyber messages like that show still exists yeah shut out any new reboots like you can ignore like if you didn't like cora that's fine you can ignore it like the original show still like nothing has changed from it you can't take it away it's already been made and put out into the universe so i think that okay so when i was in high school i read a lot of john green books and stay with me this will have a point to it um but i read a lot of books by him starting with looking for alaska and then the rest of his books and i really enjoyed his writing and i remember reading once um something that he said about putting a like publishing a book and I think I believe it was Fault in Our Stars and he said like after I publish it then it doesn't belong to me anymore mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing but it's it's kind of it's out there and it belongs to the readers and I love that idea because I think it's totally true that once something exists it's really how the reader wants to interpret it like for example we were talking about um Harry Potter a little bit before we started recording and the new Harry Potter Grindelwald movie it's like if you enjoy Harry Potter and love what it is you can also just decide that these movies are just basically fan fiction and kind of Mm -hmm. discount them in your love for it you can still go and enjoy it if you like but it's kind of like this doesn't really apply to the the canon that I that I imagine uh, especially with reading comics like like X-Men and like whatever you can I love picking and choosing what I like from it like this is my canon this is what I prefer like this stuff that it was written by someone else um, who's not maybe my favorite I'm like I can choose to ignore that and lead, live my own little happy life with the pieces <laughs> that I enjoy and the a remake of something does not make something else not exist and does not mean that you have to love the remake or even that you have to watch the remake you can just be like eh, it's not my thing and yeah. and go on safe journey yeah i was kind of wondering where this little thought came from from <laughs> inside of me and now i'm reminded of where it came from because i was like what example am i talking about and yeah it's i mean we'll have a we'll definitely have a harry potter episode but yeah basically my feelings which 
I feel like a lot of other people I know have the same feelings is that the original books still give me a lot of joy. I have a lot of happy memories from reading them mm -hmm. and I still love that world that was created. Mm -hmm. However, I have a lot of problems with things that JK Rowling has done lately. Yep. And there's just a lot of things that I just don't like, even though she has given her seal of approval. Like mm -hmm. there's some things from the, um, the cursed child, the, the play mm -hmm. that was put out. And there's just a lot of stuff that I don't like, and I'm going to just ignore because yeah. That's, I mean, hey, some people like it. And, mm -hmm. and and if you like The Cursed Child, that's okay. I, I read um, parts of it and I read the the ending and I actually felt myself getting very emotional with it. And I loved like, like being in that place with those characters again, or, or like the children of those characters is very special. Um, so even if it's not included in my canon or if it is or whatever, it's like, I can still, enjoy something while being while understanding like where it's coming from and that I don't like how JK Rowling is always trying to put her foot into things and oh Dumbledore's gay but we get no representation of that whatever I'm not gonna go off because I'm not gonna interrupt you I'm sorry but it's but, like you can pick and choose exactly it's just I guess it's because I see I'm bombarded with people that are angry on the internet about things mm -hmm. I've just been like I'm just gonna pick and choose like, this thing is stupid, so I'm going to create a world where this thing that is technically canon isn't. Because mm -hmm. that's me sane. Mm -hmm. And I suggest it. It's a great way to live your life. I'm just mm -hmm. putting it out there. Like, I don't yeah. know. I mean, even some stuff in, in Avatar, like in the comics. So they had a whole bunch of comics and they answered a lot of questions that were left up in the air. Mm -hmm. And I don't sure. like how one of the big plot holes that was never answered. I don't like how it was resolved. So I just ignore it. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I will tell you off air. <laughs> Bad. Yeah. And it's, it's just like, it, it's, it's interesting to see what, um, what's rebooted. I know we we're, we're off on a tangent here, but I am bringing this back to She-Ra because She-Ra was not popular when it came out it was like he-man was kind of popular i guess but like i don't know i didn't really grow up with it but all the piss well, babies getting toys. upset oh yeah all the boys exactly and then she was just kind of like shoehorned in there and like i, I don't think a lot of it, it did not get as much traction as piss babies on the internet try and make it seem like it did like mm -hmm. that the new reboot is is tarnishing their like sexy goddess she-ra or whatever and i'm like okay one shut the fuck up uh, to shove off this is a children's show like what the fuck it's for it's targeted at girls but it's also like i think it can apply to boys and just like young kids and it's just like don't don't make it weird what yeah. who who cares you can go back and watch like your old stuff if you want but like why are you up here like getting all up in arms about this she is the reboot that we all love and deserve and yeah. i'm very excited to watch the rest of it yeah, I'm trying not to like talk too much about it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, I just any like spoilers because I felt like the the show kind of went in the direction I thought it was going because uh -huh. it's a very simple plot. And, mm -hmm. But I hope that there's like more lore stuff that comes out in the next season. I don't know. It's very, it's very good. Well, I'd love to start there and talk with about Shira just very briefly, just kind of 
first episode glimpses, no spoilers. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to our part two episode on Magical Girls. Please let us know what you think of the episode or if you have recommendations on what we should talk about uh, in future episodes on Twitter. Our at is at GenFangirlPod and you can use the hashtag GenFGPod if you want to tweet at us. Yeah, and I want to give a shout out to somebody who actually did tweet at us, our boy Andy. Uh, what What is your... It's Super Lupus. <laughs> oh my god. I didn't even notice. Okay, Super Lupus 2700. He said, found your podcast today and I'm loving it. Step ladder is 100%. I'm glad to hear people talking about Ace Attorney. And that thank just you for- warmed my soul. And thank you for being on the right side of the ladder versus step ladders <laughs> debate because step ladders for life. And yeah, he also made a follow up comment that was great um, talking about, though I suppose the difference is if you marry someone who owns a ladder and that ladder becomes your step ladder, or is it a ladder in law? Oh and my God. you know what? I don't, I, to this day, I still don't know how to respond to that because it's oh so my God. <laughs> but that's very good. asking the important questions. But yeah, if you talk to us on the internet, we might talk about you on our podcast. It's a circle. I was trying to piece together what what the difference is between um, early shows and recent shows in terms of Maho themes. I mentioned in early shows, it's kind of we get the, the clumsy every girl or whatever. But in recent shows, I think we have... We have maybe like two, but definitely like more kind of archetypes of girls who can be the main characters. Um, we have quirky girls. Sorry. They're a lot more gutsy and like yes, funky. yes, which I love. I'm like that's that's the core, and I think that applies to all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they could either be on one hand quirky girls who are silly and goofy, like Star vs. the Forces of Evil, or being Puppy Cat, or mm-hmm. I'm gonna say good girls. I I couldn't really find a different. A better way to say that but all these girls are brave but i think the good girls are like like a little lawful good a little like too perfect sometimes and i think shira at least from what i've seen in the first episode fits into this um because they're less of the they're, they're not the clumsy or lazy archetype but these heroines like care really deeply and i think like she's so shira is a dedicated like warrior student mm-hmm. but she's also very kind and yeah like knows right from wrong and she like cares about the work that she does she's not like like she's she's dedicated and skilled but it doesn't come just naturally because Mm -hmm. it comes from like training and practice and just caring deeply about that and how and how she can help others around her and i think that a lot of other female characters in recent shows apply to that. Um, but not even just female characters. Like I found myself slipping up because this is, it's just the main characters of these magical girl shows. Because I think Steven Universe is an example of a magical girl show. Um, it applies to, at least it, it mirrors a lot of themes of that. And yeah. Steven <laughs> is my pure sunshine boy. He yeah. is the cinnamon roll. He applies to this. The show has a lot of, uh, Steven Universe has a lot of action and, and, like cool fighting sequences and things like that. But Steven always tries and talks with people first. And mm-hmm. a lot of his conflicts are actually resolved just through communication because he cares about people. And he also cares and believes in the goodness in people, which mm-hmm. is so important because 
I think early shows of magical girls and fighting girls and things like that are always like, I believe in good over evil. Like, yeah. Kind of very, as the base standard. Black and white. It's like but, the person that we're fighting is like the literal embodiment of evil. Like they don't have a soul or they're not a person. Yeah. They're just and like creatures. And like, I will defeat you because you are trying to make things evil. And maybe I will forgive you if you show, if like, if, if, if you apologize or things like that. But with Steven, he also believes even in the bad, like even in the goodness of bad people. Like Peridot becomes this little weird munchkin girl throughout <laughs> the series where she was introduced at the beginning, like this evil, like mastermind. God, just seeing the whiplash from like how fans interpreted just like as those episodes were released, just it's it's so funny. Also, she just like shrunk like yeah. like three feet. She's so small. It's wonderful. But he really like Steven and other characters, I think in modern shows, they make it a lot more complex where there are multiple sides to the story instead of just kind of the, the good versus evil thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Steven really wants to know the person and like he changes them. It's not that they necessarily were good underneath all of it, but it's that he helps their hearts like come out. And that's very, very cool to have like this little boy main character show so much compassion, um, especially for kids of all ages and genders and everything watching. Yeah, and he's not like teased or made fun of for acting this way. He's like yeah. rewarded and, and like praised for it. And it's like, hey, you know, you did a really cool thing. Like we could have, they could have like destroyed the city, but we talked them down. Everyone loves him for it. I think that's, it's really, it's, I love the, the trend of goodness that we see in new recent media, especially because the world is like pretty shitty right now. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, it's, it's been particularly, I'm not going to get into it, but I think that um, I read this article about what they called nice core movies. Mm -hmm. um, things like the, there was this movie called uh, Hearts Beat Loud, which had Nick Offerman in it and like his daughter and they, they just, it's about them mending their relationship and like forming a band and that's it. And it's very like about the goodness of relationships and things and like the Paddington bear movies and just how like goodness can be entertaining too. And we don't need all this grittiness. We don't need, we don't need to see a lot of like badness. We sometimes just need like a good feel good movie that makes you, I don't know, just yeah. believe in goodness of things. Yeah, that, that article actually reminded me of something, and this isn't technically Magical Girl, but it is in the fairy tale sort of genre. Well, I mean, it mm -hmm. is a fairy tale, um, but it reminded me of this. So I have I have kind of mixed feelings about the live action movies that have been coming out. Like uh -huh. sometimes they're great, sometimes they're terrible, and but I love the Cinderella remake yes and because it really took me by surprise like how how good it like just how good it was i mean it wasn't a it wasn't a complete copy of the original and it was so one of the taglines of the movie was have courage and be kind and that just sounds like kind of like some pinteresty saying you know <laughs> like it's just whatever but it was really it made a lot of sense as you watch the movies because the whole point is that like her life is pretty terrible and she she doesn't you know people complain about like well she should have just why did she wait on a prince to save her she should have just left but the movie makes it very obvious that she doesn't have anywhere else to go and also that house that mansion is kind of the last thing of her parents that she has 
So she feels very loyal to staying there and keeping that in her family, which is now just her, really. And it takes a lot of bravery to stay and, you know, still be kind. Like it was, it could have been very easy for her to turn bitter and to turn mean and to, you know, just be a a mean, bitter person. And she still stayed kind. And that's very difficult to do in a situation like that. And so it was just, I don't know, it was a nice, like, lesson that I wasn't expecting to get out of it. So I really love that motto. And I think it applies to definitely Steven Universe and a lot of those other other shows where instead of fighting evil with with violence and actually, you know, like having sword fights and stabbing somebody, you know, it's like an attempt to maybe convince the person not to be evil. You know, it's like, it sounds silly, but there are a lot of stories these days where it's like compassion and, and kindness and stuff is really what ends up saving the day. Mm-hmm. And that's just cool. I agree. Uh, Cinderella also took me by surprise. I, I remember going in to see it just as a, as I knew, I knew it was going to be pretty. I'd seen the trailers mm-hmm. and things. Um, I was a little confused if it was going to be a musical or not, but I went in to see it and I just walked out just like, it was just a very good experience. And it, you're so right. Like the have courage, be kind seems like it would be cheesy, but the way that it was portrayed in that movie, I think was really powerful, especially Mm -hmm. with how the first Cinderella was made. It, I am grateful that we get to consume more media now that is so carefully and complexly constructed where I feel like a lot of things, at least that I grew up with, were a little more straightforward. They, they are for kids, and I get it. But with Cinderella, it's like that is the last bit of her family, and it really the movie really emphasized that. Yeah, because I think there was one scene where she was like going to the market or something, and someone, like some other character, like just straight up asked her, "Why don't you leave?" And she gave this really like sweet response of like, "Well, I, you know, I I can't. There's nowhere else for me to go, and that's my home." And I was just like, oh, it just, yeah. And and having her as a role model is really wonderful because she, like, kindness is so hard. And she she could be angry sometimes, but also, like, forgiveness is really difficult as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes, I don't think everyone necessarily deserves forgiveness. This is, of course, like, you can't just say blanket things because, like, different circumstances. I get it. Mm-hmm. But... I do think that there is there is strength in being able to be kind and courageous and Cinderella was a really good movie and now I need to rewatch it. <laughs> Wanting to rewatch it for so long, but I don't it's not on anything. And her dress though, just like as a side note, her dress and like the way it like when she spun, how it twirled, I was just like I was I was stunned by it because I did not think it would look that beautiful. Oh yeah. So I mean as a as a cosplayer. Mm-hmm. And I've seen pe- I've seen people cosplay her before. I'm just like, dang! I have a friend who cosplays uh, the the prince, and I'm just like, all the costumes in that movie were so good. I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, she sort of has a magical girl transformation, I guess, bringing yeah, it uh, I know. back to the theme. Like, yeah, um, <laughs> but it just did remind me because I feel like that's a it's a main theme that I've been noticing in a lot of uh media this these days and it since a lot of the media that i still watch is kind of the magical cartoony stuff um mm-hmm. it's just something i've been noticing and it's i think that's just a you know it just kind of reflects what the people that are making these shows want to 
put out as messages. Yeah, I think I think the point is that we shouldn't bear our heads in the sand with like news and bad things and and everything and and the shit going on. But I think that the people putting good out into the world and putting up uplifting like stories and things like that and and good deeds and everything. Um, I mean, it helps make things a little better. So. I like I like appreciating that is good, and I don't know if this is like really a I don't know if the, I can't say if this is like a cultural thing or not, but I feel like especially now with a lot of um, Maho Shoujo titles kind of being a little bit more gritty, mm-hmm. like their their tough issues are really dire mm-hmm. and really intense. Whereas you still have that in Western shows, but it's a little bit dialed down like there's still a lot of you got like betrayal and you've got like you know conflicted feelings for the protagonists and hard choices and all that sort of conflict like it's still going on but it's different kind of conflict it's not nearly as intense i feel like i think i think maho shoujo has always had a little more tragedy Mm -hmm. than uh, the western genre adapted um like with uh sailor moon how queen serena and endemion died like Mm -hmm. she has this whole tragic backstory of of their kingdoms like being destroyed and, and wars and things and while magical girl things in the west kind of still deal with heart issues they're not as senselessly tragic sometimes okay I, every day I, I, regret, I regret saying the word senselessly because i think it has a point and it can be also very like beautiful and moving um but particularly in regards to a magical raising project which i love uh is still it, it has an element of cruelty to it that mm-hmm. the characters eventually overcome but not after but they've already lost so much mm-hmm. so they can't ever get back what they've lost but they have still they can maybe forge a better world than what they had come to know whereas with magical girl anime and uh, or magical girl cartoons and western things i think they still deal with like a lot of pretty dark things like at least in star versus the forces of evil and steven universe also uh has a lot of very dark truly upsetting things poor steven i just want to protect him and he just wants to protect everyone he loves and everyone he knows and a lot of shit has gone down and all this but it's still not quite as hopeless i think as at least some of the magical girl genre or maho shoujo that i enjoy yeah i feel like a lot it's a lot more bittersweet Mm -hmm. like yeah so much bad stuff has happened that you know, to kind of get a semi-happy ending is, like, the best you can do. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Western shows, it's like, yeah, they deal with a lot of big issues. Like, they deal with loss. They deal with living in other people's shadows. They deal with really tough things. But it's all things that can be overcome. Mm-hmm. And it's and- still a show for kids that needs to come on again next week and still be kind of, like, upbeat for them, I guess. Yeah, it's not just, like, sugar-coated cutesy stuff that doesn't really you know doesn't really impact you it's just like fun to watch it's it's like there's a lot of real life things that go on and it's it's just good writing man what else is there to talk about i feel like i 
I we I I, I kind of regret because I think we talked about a uh, our like conclusion stuff before <laughs> before oh, I got to what I wanted to talk about. Well, what else do you want to talk about? <laughs> but I wanted to talk about how Western shows different differ from um, oh, yeah. our Maho Shoujo, particularly with Miraculous Ladybug. I wanted to bring that up because I adore this show as well. Yeah. While I don't, um, from what we've seen so far, it does not go into as deep themes as we were just talking about with Steven Universe or Star vs. the Force of Evil or She-Ra or whatever. Um, although it does, it's much more in a personal, um, interpersonal and like familial way, um, especially with Adrian and his uh, his his father. Um, yeah, it seems a little more lighthearted. But I, I'm gonna know. I'm gonna quickly I'm gonna quickly give a, a brief kind of synopsis sort of thing of this real quick. Uh, Miraculous Ladybug features these two kids, and it's a French animated show, so you can watch it in the sub or the dub. Dub takes a little bit of getting used to, but I genuinely enjoyed it. Um, and the French sub is like really cute. But it's these two kids, and they go to school together. Um, they don't really know each other that well. One of them is Marinette, and the other one is Adrian. And Marinette is kind of an awkward, kind of clumsy girl, but she's like silly and goofy, but not like she has personality. She's not necessarily like the every girl who is just average on all accounts. Um, and then Adrian is the very popular boy, but he's also very humble. He's also a supermodel. It's fine. <laughs> They're like 14. It's okay. And they both have these magical items. Marinette has little earrings and Adrian has a ring that helps them transform into Miraculous Ladybug and Cat Noir. And they are the like superheroes of good luck, good luck and also bad luck. And they fight together to get rid of these uh, butterflies who infect people and like bring out their like fears or hatred or whatever and turn them into monsters. So the thing with this show that is so wonderfully addictive is that it is a love square, which <laughs> I just like absolutely fucking adore. Okay, so Marinette is in love with Adrian because she thinks he's so cool and like he's like very cute and everything. Adrian doesn't really know Marinette. He, she's like kind of weird, but like they're friends, I guess. Meanwhile, Cat Noir is absolutely in love with Ladybug. So Adrian is in love with Ladybug and and Ladybug is in, in love with Adrian, but they don't know it because it's flipped. And so every time like Cat Noir is with Ladybug. He just like is trying to get her attention. And every time Ladybug or Marinette is with Adrian, she's trying to get his attention, but Adrian doesn't get Marinette and Marinette doesn't get Cat Noir. And it's just like, it's just a lot, but it's very, very cute. And this whole show hinges on secret identities because they both don't know like if the other one or their friends are going to accept them, if they know that they are superheroes. So they're juggling the, the high school and the superhero aspect of it constantly. And then there's like the big evil villain and we don't really know like who he is. And Marinette is kind of dealing with her friend who is a blogger and this mean girl who loves, who loves Ladybug but hates Marinette. And then like Adrian has issues with his father and his mom died and there's just a lot going on. But it's not so much tragedy and stuff. It's still like they are magical girls. They transform with their magical items into their superhero selves. But it's very much superhero tropes of like, how will they figure out my secret identity? But magical girl things of like, oh, no, I need to finish my math homework. But there's a demon like evilized Akuma outside. What are we going to do? And it's very, very cute. And that's that's my spiel. Everyone should watch it. It's all on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all I wanted to talk about with that, though, because I think 
The other differences in Western shows we've kind of touched on, but definitely a lot of magical girl cartoons take more of the superhero route. Um, mm -hmm. Even yeah. though in they kind of do blend together sometimes. And in, in, in Maho Shoujo, they call them superheroes sometimes, but it's very much they mean different things culturally, especially in like magical girl cartoons where they have superhero costumes and like people know who they who the superheroes like personas are but mm -hmm. then they have to very much keep it kind of under wraps and there are there is an element of secret identities in maho shoujo i think but it's a it's a little less it's less like oh no what if the world knows that i'm Ma miraculous ladybug versus like maho shoujo being like oh no what if this cute boy i like knows like what who i am in my mm -hmm. superhero suit they're like what that i fight aliens and that i'm really really weird so it kind of takes on a more like global sphere in magical girl cartoons in the west yeah yeah i like it so those are just that's that's my quick thought on that <laughs> it's okay but i didn't i we, didn't want to end it i didn't want to end it without talking about miraculous ladybug yeah it's true because it's a very addictive show it's very cute yeah, also it definitely belongs on this list. So, but I didn't know. I mean, I've I've tried to watch the first episode. I think something about the animation just bugged me. And but I, I know so many people that like it and they say how good it is. And I'm like, it definitely gets it takes some getting used to a little bit because um, it is the 3D animation and like they have all really long legs, which is mm -hmm. fine. I, I don't know. It's it's cute. I, I definitely it, like watch it more for the story than the art. Um, they had a couple of teaser trailers or like mini episode kind of short film things um, mm -hmm. that were done in a 2D animation before the series came out. Oh, it actually really? had Yeah, it, they were like when they I remember when they were announced and the, they aired and I was just absolutely in love with the crazy like it was very hyper anime style, but like French animated and it had a really cool like design. But they also changed the characters around a lot where Adrian wasn't a model or like a humble sweet boy he was like this nerdy kind of cold guy who like wore a sweater vest and like was kind of a jerk um but, but she had a crush on him and like he as cat noir had a crush on ladybug so some people take a use of that and pretend that he that older version of adrian is adrian's older brother and oh my like, god <laughs> people write a use of the older versions of them versus the current like, like canon versions of them um because marinette's also a little bit different but it, it's fascinating to see that the fandom also clings to the promotional and like um pre pre-show art of it it's it's fascinating and i have some fix i can send you once you uh get into it <laughs> and oh, every I time know we you do <laughs> every time we finish an episode about whatever i just am reminded of what i need to rewatch and what i want to get into it's a never-ending cycle. That's fine. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for all this. Do we do our, our ending bit? I ask this every single time. How do we end this? <laughs> well, last time we, we, we said to stay magical. And I think that's a great I think that's little cute. tagline. Because it applies to everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody should be a little bit more magical. So, dear Carol. Yes. What are we talking about next time on oh. our 10th episode? Okay, I'm gonna keep my cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my fucking cool, okay? Okay? <laughs>
on the 10th episode, the uh, X episode, if you will. And I'm so fucking nerdy. I just made an X symbol with my hands. Listen, next time we're talking about X-Men. And uh, maybe after this episode, I will never fucking talk about it on this podcast ever again. Oh, that's maybe a lie. Be, maybe this will be the last one. No. Maybe it will be the last <laughs> The last hit I need. We're talking about X-Men, and I hope it'll be a good time. I'm really going to try and rein it in and be specific <laughs> about things. And Peony, I want you to talk as well. Okay, I'm, I'm getting to, okay, even now I'm just like going off too much about it. You're getting so flustered just thinking about it. I'm done. I'm done. But next time is X-Men. It's going to be lit. Please join us. I will probably make a fool of myself. but We're going to talk about how dumb Cyclops is. Oh, oh, hell yeah. Listen. <laughs> With his dumb dad shorts. <sighs> He's the only <laughs> X-Men that's allowed to wear cargo shorts and flip-flops because that's his fucking personality. <laughs> so It is. <laughs> oh, jeez. I have a lot yourself. of opinions. I have a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Gene, Gene, you can change him. It's okay. <laughs> it's gonna be good. I have a lot of opinions and we'll we'll get to it. But thank you for joining us in this episode of Magical Girls. Magical Girls and Goodness. This yeah, I want to hear your thoughts. What what's your favorite magical girl? Do you even like magical girls? Why not? Comment below. I wanna... Wait, pl- no. <laughs> uh like and subscribe. Um <laughs> I no, I am curious to see what other uh, magical girl cartoon, cartoons people grew up with, and what I don't know what their their entry drug to magical girl media was. Because I think mine was probably, I mean, we know mine was Tokyo Mimio, but I think for Western animation, like Winx Club and Witch somehow like implanted itself in my brain. Yeah, yeah, they were attempting something in that mm-hmm. time. And Powerpuff Girls is universal. All right, well, I think it's time to sign off. Well, I'm Peony. And I'm Caro. And you should all stay magical. Bye. Bye.